Hello and welcome to Renovation, the media and film education podcast with me, Richard Eno, a.k.a. Reno. Well, we've had a full week of teaching <clears throat> after the previous week, um, <clears throat> starting to meet our new students and inductions, etc. So it's been wonderful getting back into the swing of things, although it's been incredibly tiring after such a long break. And you know that's not just for me and the teachers, also the students. But we're starting to get to know them, and um, they are really fantastic. There's some really um, interesting and fascinating uh, young people that I am so looking forward to getting to know um, more. What's on today's show? Well, um, I am going to do a section on the rapper J. Cole. And um, that's because I was talking to some students about music. And they said, oh, we really love J. Cole. And I thought, who? I'm not familiar um, with this chap. And um, they played me, like, it must have been like a 20-second clip on um, the trash can that is YouTube. And um, I was like, oh, no, that sounds quite nasty. And they said, no, 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 no. It's really, really good. And I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll listen to some J. Cole and um, reflect on my findings through the podcast. And so that's what I'm going to be doing. I've been listening to some J. Cole uh, this weekend, so I should tell you all about what I think in a moment. I'm also going to talk today about what it's like to teach something you're not that familiar with. Um, because I'm about to teach a film called The Act of Killing, which is a, a phenomenal documentary, part of my um, second year film class. But it's about uh, an, the Indonesian genocide, which you know, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm aware of it, but I don't know too much about it. So I'm going to talk about how we go about teaching things that um, we are still learning ourselves. And then I'm going to finish today's show off with a discussion about one of the greatest television shows that I've seen in a very long time, and that is the HBO show Euphoria. Um, my friend Kieran um, is coming around again a bit later, and um, we're probably going to make a, um, a roast dinner because it's Sunday, and sometimes tradition is important. And I like a Sunday uh, roast to be um, like a, a big chicken or some beef or some lamb. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do yet because it's still quite early here at uh, Reno Towers. Well, um, I'll be back in Two Shakes of a Lamb's Tail and we'll talk about J. Cole. Stay tuned. So I was um, talking to the students about music because one of their first assignments when we get into the swing of things, is going to be music video. And they were asking that they'd like to choose the song, and I tend not to do that, because you know, if they work in the industry, they can't just pick and choose. They'll have jobs, you know, they'll, they'll have um, bills to pay, and they will work um, with whatever client you know, is assigned to them. And they were saying, oh, but they'd love to work with someone like Jay Cole. Now, I'm not familiar um, with Mr. Cole at all. I mean, I may have seen his name around, but I've never really listened to him. And so um, my new student, James Fay, played me a section 
and um, I wasn't keen, if I'm honest. It just sounded like muck. I wasn't. I didn't really like it. And then another student, um, Andre Owago, he also is a huge J. Cole fan. So I thought, well, maybe there is something to this chap. So I said I would listen to J. Cole, and I've decided to um, discuss my reflections on my podcast. So uh, this weekend, I've listened to two albums. Uh, one's called, um, I believe, For Your Eyes Only. Um, I don't think it's connected to the classic James Bond film. And another album uh, called Cod, uh, spelt K-O-D, um, which I assume um, stands for something, or um, it's some kind of um, um, youth thing that I'm not familiar with. Um, I mean, it, it can't be Call of Duty um, because um, it's spelt with a K. And I listened to a few other uh, tracks on Spotify as well. Um, some of them I was sort of walking around town and some I've listened to here at Reno Towers. And you know what? Musically, J. Cole is exceptional. The production values are really strong and um, really, really beautiful. And um, I've I've been quite impressed, I have to admit. I mean, there's some things that I don't like um, about J. Cole and, and other kind of rap and hip-hop music. And that is often the, the, the controversial aspect of um, mocking and dissing other rappers in music, which, which he did um, in a couple, but not much, actually. Um, you know, I find when rappers are dissing other rappers and artists, I find it terribly boring. It's, and then of course you get artists who then um, reply in their music as well. I find personally, I find it boring and similar to some kind of rap soap opera, and I find it negates from the music and talent. But you need to remember that rappers rapping about other rappers is a standard convention in rap and hip-hop music and um, has always been there. And particularly if you listen to um, street rappers um, or people who are unsigned, they may well um, be using that as a a form of expression um, to uh, communicate to those around them. So that is a, a convention. So... I've got no real issue with that, because that is what it is. In terms of lyrics, again, J. Cole seems to be quite intelligent, quite creative, and actually really quite sensitive. There are lots of themes in the songs that I listen to, themes of addiction um, in particular, which I I felt were really sensitively uh, discussed. And as a person whose sister died from a heroin overdose I found that the manner in which he discussed addiction was really um, intelligent and if other if young people are listening to J. Cole and and they're hearing about um, his struggles with addiction and those of his peers um, how they have struggled with addiction and if that is communicated to them in a manner which makes them think actually that's not a road I'm going to go down that I'm aware of the pitfalls of addiction, then that is a fantastic thing, and I commend the man. 
um, sometimes the lyrics are you know occasionally self-deprecating and I really like that um, aspect of humour and it's not something that is generally associated with rap and hip-hop so I thought that was quite interesting he also raps about um, race um, the the pitfalls of social media culture um, economic wealth um, gun violence and democracy um, and there was one song role models um, where he's discussing what it's like to grow up black where, with a lack of role models in particular female role models and that was an excellent song um, really really fantastic and really insightful into the african-american experience i really loved the brass on the track middle child and um, the, again the production values on that was exceptional i, I love brass music especially when I hear it integrated into pop music as well. Um, one thing that I observed is that he tends not to rap about the negativity of women and gay men. And this is refreshing. Um, and it seems to be the direction that a lot of new rap and hip-hop is going, especially with artists like Kevin Abstract and Brock Hampton. And this allows space for Cole and other artists to really explore meaningful lyrics about the human condition, which is really what I believe art to be about. However, the opening to Born Sinner features, uh, the Born Sinner album, features a, a track um, with some gay slurs, which is problematic. But he, is he playing a character? Is that actually him saying that? Or is that a character saying it? Many artists sing as characters. I mean, look at the work of Randy Newman. But I did some research, and in an interview with the Huffington Post, Cole states, I'm going to quote him here, I'm not going to use the um, the, the N-word because I am um, white and English, and it doesn't seem appropriate. Um, he says, There will soon come a day when people in general and rap artists specifically are going to have to answer for the past usage of the word faggot, much like the grandfathers who are ashamed that they use the, the word N-word as kids. At a time when public acceptance of gay rights is soaring, rightfully, hip-hop culture and general are still battling with homophobia, not excluding myself. Rather than run from it, I chose to attack it playfully. Those lyrics are meant to take everyone to uncomfortable. Those lyrics are meant to make everyone uncomfortable for the sake of this very conversation. So I thought that was really interesting, really insightful, um, and sensitive. And I really appreciated that Cole actually says that, you know, that you know, the battle with homophobia doesn't exclude him. He is being honest, and um, I was really impressed with um, his rhetoric on that. Um, Cold is aware of other hip-hop culture and those who came before him, but instead of mimicking them, he instead uses them to bounce off from to develop his own voice. I mean, the influences are clearly there, but he's doing something new and personal. This is how all art, in all uh, disciplines, progresses. 
Uh, some of the sampling is brilliant, and I loved hearing some of the old school soul music embedded in his songs. Um, that was really wonderful. Again, it shows his appreciation and knowledge of music culture and the artists which came before him. Um, so, at the end of the day, I'm actually really impressed with J. Cole. And I'm pleased my students listen to his music. I'd much rather they listen to him than some other rappers who still use misogynistic and homophobic rhetoric. Will I continue to listen to him? Possibly, actually, possibly. But I don't think Cole's music is really aimed at me. I mean, I'm a middle-aged, white, overweight Englishman. Um, but, you know, I'm certainly not going to turn his music off. And I may well seek more out. Um, well, I'm definitely going to be more respectful of his work uh, the next time a student recommends him um, or says to me that I really like uh, Jay Cole. Um, when James played that um, clip for me, I just heard a short clip completely out of context and I certainly wasn't able to hear um, um, any lyrics. But I'm really impressed with what I've listened to this weekend. And so I'd just like to mention uh, James Fay and Andre Arago again and thank them for introducing uh, J. Cole to me. Um, I've been listening to music my whole life. I have you know, thousands of albums, physical albums, as well as um, thousands of um, uh, digital albums. And I love finding new artists and, and new music. So I'm really grateful to you too. Um, for opening my eyes uh, to J. Cole and I'll certainly um, occasionally pop in and um, see what he is up to. So I've just popped to Tesco, had a little break between recording, picked up um, a chicken or a, uh, a chicken, as my Liverpudlian friends and family would say. And um, also picked up some white wine, going to make a sauce <clears throat> and a few things uh, for lunch. Kieran will be over shortly. Now, I wanted to talk about um, what it's like teaching something you're not too familiar with. I remember um, many moons ago saying to my film students, look, here is the specification. Here's all the topics. Why don't you choose the topic you want to do and um, I'll teach it. And there were a few topics on there that I wasn't that familiar with. And of course, they chose the one that I wasn't familiar with, which at the time was um, Iranian film post-1979. Um, and um, I was really impressed that they had picked the most difficult topic. And so I set about over that summer learning about Iranian cinema and watching lots of Iranian films and really immersed myself um, in those films and cultures. And that year I actually got the best grades I've ever had uh, for film studies. And I got a, uh, what's called a, a grade one Alps, which is... Um, basically um, some of the best grades in the country but enough about that look teachers don't know everything and that's okay they're not supposed to know everything that isn't really our role don't get me wrong 
specific subject knowledge is absolutely essential and it is required, it's needed. But we're not going to know everything. And some teachers kind of pretend that they do. I'm obviously not one of them. If a student asks me a question and says, and I don't know the answer, I would just say, I don't know. And then I'll, um, <clears throat> I'll go and find out. You know, that, that's just how I am. And anyway, so um, this year for A2 Film Studies, um, in our documentary unit, I've decided that we're going to do probably the most difficult film um, that the exam board recommend. And it's called The Act of Killing, uh, directed by Joshua Oppenheimer. I have seen it. I saw it at the cinema um, a couple of years ago, and it really is spectacular. It's, it's a phenomenal piece of work. And it's essentially about the 1965 to 66 Indonesian genocide. Not something that is light um, and um, not something that, you know, that enjoyable, but as a film, phenomenal. It's quite an experimental documentary film. So as I've been teaching it this term, I've introduced documentary and we're looking at more mainstream documentaries. So when we look at the act of killing, we've got a really good um, uh, context in which to compare. And part of teaching something you're not too familiar with is about staying one step ahead of the students. This is okay and it is quite normal, particularly if you are a, a new teacher, a young teacher or just starting out. That is quite normal, but it is important to stay one step ahead. And <clears throat> luckily I've been uh, teaching film media and things for 20 years uh, this September actually so I'm quite experienced and I'm, I'm usually quite good at um, picking up something uh, unfamiliar such as uh, teaching the Indonesian genocide so um, I, um, I've ordered uh, a book um, what about uh, the genocide so I'm going to that should arrive in a day or two I shall I shall read that I'm going to re-watch the film and then I'm going to do um, extensive research on the film so I get a grasp of the social, historic, political and economic context and that's really going to help me pitch the film to the students and of course a lot of the things that I'm going to do I'm also going to be asking my students to do as well so I am going to ask them to do some of this research but because I am staying slightly ahead, I'll be able to identify which bits are best for them to do and I'll guide them towards that. This is not always that successful. I've been able to do it, so I'm feeling quite confident and positive about teaching the act of killing and it's going to be really, really exciting. But knowing everything is not the role of a teacher. I mean, particularly in post-16, our role is to guide and inspire and help you become what I call an autonomous learner. The kind of learner who understands initiative and takes initiative and looks at the wider contextual reading. But of course, expert knowledge is needed, it's required, it is essential, but it's not always everything. Luckily, I've had some experience in finding out new topics and um, and and doing it, but this is definitely going to be a challenge for me this academic year, and it's something that I'm really excited about. Because there is something exciting about learning something alongside your students. It's going to keep me on my toes, and, you know, 
personally and professionally, it's going to be really good for my continuing personal development. So the next time you ask your teacher a question and they don't know the answer, or I'm not sure the answer, that's okay. Because the really great teachers will just be straight up and honest and just say, you know what, I don't know that. And that will show humility on their part, but also it will show you that they are just human. They're just like you. The great teachers, though, they'll go on to find out the answer, or they might inspire you to find out the answer yourself. Okay, in just a moment, I'm going to talk about a show called Euphoria, and I watched it over the summer. I forgot to mention it in last week's episode, where I discussed my favourite TV, film, music and podcasts of, of the summer, and so I wanted to dedicate a short section just to that so i'll be back um in a mo just going to pop into the kitchen and uh, get that oven heating up because the chicken is going in soon hello again and um good news everyone kieran has arrived say hello kieran hello uh how are you doing i'm very well how yeah Good. Um, so chicken's in, and um, we'll go through to the kitchen in a moment. Um, have a glass of wine. Um, I know it's only coming up for 12 o'clock, but it is Sunday. It's the weekend, and so uh, I don't care about that. And um, there's some olives, and, um, yeah, we will um, go to the kitchen, and we'll go through what we're having for dinner later. Sounds good. Okay, excellent. Um, so I wanted to talk about a show that I watched over the summer, as I said, called Euphoria. It's an HBO program, and um, I watched it um, online. And I, I forgot to mention this last week when I went through my favourite uh, media from the summer, and I was really annoyed because it's probably my favourite um, thing that I experienced over the summer. So I wanted to dedicate a short uh, section of the podcast to it. So the program's called Euphoria. And um, I don't know if you know of a British program called Skins that was on in the 2000s. Um, Skins was a British program about teenagers, so um, between sort of 16 and, and 19, early 20s. And it was about what it's like to be a teenager. Um, this program is like skins on steroids. It makes skins look like blue Peter. The program Euphoria explores really important and huge issues such as race, gender, sexual identity, uh, um, drugs, mental health, families. And it does it in a very intelligent but funny and moving manner the soundtrack is phenomenal and i was surprised because i'm not really into rap r&b and hip-hop apart from you know the occasional um section of um beastie boys and of course my my new favorite uh, j cole which i mentioned earlier but it is so well put together now the um the american artist drake played a part in the production and um he has done incredibly well on this. I don't think Drake is actually in the soundtrack, but um, I know that he did play a part in compiling it and also um, in the executive production of the programme. This really is an intelligent and innovative look at what it's like to be a teenager 
in the 21st century. Now, this is an age group that I have worked with for over 20 years, and I found it incredibly moving. I remember watching Skins and felt, you know what, this is, feels like I'm back doing a tutorial, and I wasn't that interested in it, so I never watched that many. But Euphoria is so well written, so phenomenally acted, led by an amazing cast with the um, wonderful Zendaya, who you may know from the recent Spider-Man films. She is a revelation in this series. It also features uh, a new up-and-coming um, actor, a transgender actor who um, is male uh, to female herself and plays a uh, male to female or FTM character in the program. And again, the performances are exceptional. It's really moving, but also you know, it is really funny. It's exciting. Um, the program is incredibly explicit, both in language and sexual representation, but it is never gratuitous. It really is an outstanding piece of television that I cannot recommend enough, particularly if you are the target audience, of which, you know, I'm not. But the programme is so well put together that even though I'm not a teenager in the 21st century, there was a lot of material in the show that I was able to identify with for my own past and also for my own students. It really is an amazing a slice of the human condition that is um, produced, edited and acted incredibly well. I cannot recommend it enough. Euphoria. You can check out the soundtrack um, playlist on Spotify and the lead song is by a British artist I believe uh, called Labyrinth. Um, but the soundtrack it, on its own is just an incredible piece of um, rap, R&B and hip-hop really, really worth um, listening to. So please do check that out. I'm really impressed with it. Um, I'm so impressed. I'm actually going to buy it on um, DBB and possibly even on Blu-ray because um, I think I can use it to teach with. And I don't mean the content. I mean the cinematography and editing. I can use that program to teach digital media and even film studies. So that's out. Um, that's out now. That's on HBO. You can probably find that on one of those Sky things, um, and I think it might even be on Kieran. What's that Sky thing that now television? Now TV. Now TV. Yeah, I think it's on now TV. If not, I'm sure you crazy cats will find a way of seeing it. Um, incredibly heavily, well recommended by me. So Kieran and I are about to pop into the kitchen because I've got to uh, do a bit of prep a bit of veg prep so we'll be back in just a shake so um kieran and i are in the kitchen and um kieran here the chicken's in have a little look lovely oh, look i know it's a lot of, yeah it's good I, so i've made it with um some white wine, lemon, olive oil, butter, garlic, and some cumin seeds. And then I've kind of made that and um, blended all that together. And with um, a lemon stuffed up its... Um, um, actually, you know the, the hole in a chicken? Yeah. A lot of people call it a bum. It, in, technically, <laughs> it is... It is a bum. Well, it... 
it might it might be a bump but actually in cooking they call it the vent so I've shoved the um, the lemons that I squeezed I shoved the the rest of the lemons up its vent and that will make it a really really gorgeous mmm yeah um, so look get yourself a glass of wine um, and um, and yeah just relax so we've got some olives here and um, by the way um, what we're having now so we've got the, the chicken in so that's going to go in that's in now and then we've got um, parsnips yep and we've got um, some carrots and um, some mini little corn on the cob things. Those are tiny little ickle ones, but yep. like weird yellow witch's fingers. So we've got those. Um, obviously, um, a pigs shed... and blankets. No pigs and blankets there because that's too autumnal. It's too autumnal, yeah. and we need uh, we can't work out a season because it's yep. just it's a disgrace. And um, then we've got some broccoli and some peas, and of course. Roast potatoes. Now, how many would you like? Um, probably two, three. What do you mean? Two or three roast potatoes. <laughs> what, do, what do you mean two or three roast potatoes? Well, how many were you thinking? Um, well, I was thinking of having half the plate piled up with roast potatoes. <laughs> um, okay, well, I should explain that... Um, I mean, we were talking earlier about J. Cole and how he raps about addiction... And I, I'm going to be honest, I, I do have an addiction, and it is to, to roast potatoes. They are like crack cocaine to me. Sometimes I will just cook an entire piled plate of roast potatoes. So, Kieran, um, we are having lots of roast potatoes. Um, it's they, quite a lot. It's going to be quite a lot, <laughs> but it's a Sunday roast. The pur- pu- purpose of a Sunday roast is to feel so feel, full that you feel slightly ill, Bit and sick. then... And a bit sick. Okay. You are going to be nine months pregnant with a food baby by three o'clock this afternoon. Perfect. Look forward excellent, to it. Excellent. So, yeah, the roast potatoes, we're going to do them with um, tons of olive oil and fresh um, rosemary and garlic. And they are going to be crispy on the outside, but lovely and soft in the middle. Okay. So, oh, and for put. Um, we have cherry pie. Nice Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, of course. So, so we've got cherry pie and some um, Greek yogurt um, with a tiny bit of honey um, kind of mixed in. So that should be good. So that's our afternoon. Um, I hope everyone is having a good Sunday. And um, Kira and I are going to be picking out with a fabulous roast dinner. Oh, and you'll be pleased, um, my dear, that we have for this afternoon's screening the 2019 version of Child's Play. I'm excited. So Kieran's really excited, even though he doesn't sound it. He actually, <laughs> he actually, he actually is excited because he loves the Chucky films from the 80s. And so we're going to watch the latest one this afternoon. And even though it's a beautiful day outside. Yeah, perfect. It's perfect to be horror film. perfect for a horror film with the curtains drawn and a massive roast dinner that will make us feel so full that we'll probably be sick. So, um, Kieran, I'm going to potter around near the kitchen. So, if you can just pour some wine, go into the garden, and I'll be with you in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Everybody, don't forget, I'll be back um, next Sunday. And as always, take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs>